Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash sorgatronmedia. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP3 player. I'm getting awesome, you're getting awesome, we're getting awesome, yeah that's what I said now! Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Awesome Cast. We are back, and, and we are all Comic Con out here on the Awesome Cast. I am Sorg, uh, your your couch sitter. I sit on the couch. That's what I do. That's what I do on the Awesome Cast. Uh, I also introduce people. Uh, for instance, also not sitting in an egg chair this week is uh, Rob De La Creta. Hi, Rob. How you doing this week, sir? I, uh, I'm not too bad. I haven't been traveling, which would, uh, you know, I should be, like, well-rested. But I did not sleep at all last night because I had to sleep on a couch because you may have heard I'm fostering a dog. And he's miserable when somebody isn't in the same room with him, so I opted to sleep on the couch. And he sniffled the whole night, so I feel like I'm about to die. <clears throat> it's training for when you have kids. Uh, I don't think I'm having Little, little... <laughs> <laughs> say this okay or if you want to little at, little at this juncture kids. i will not be having little no <laughs> little furry kids that that don't wear diapers yes yes little furry kids that don't wear diapers that sounds like something i would produce sure <laughs> fantastic and of course behind the bar is chachi of chachi says dot net hey guys that's him hey guys how you doing i'm all right how are you? I'm good. Good. All right. Glad glad to hear it. <laughs> okay. Or it's Tuesday night. It's Tuesday night. Seven o'clock. Yes. Awesome cast. We're getting awesome. There you go. <laughs> and of course, our guest this week joining us down there in the corner, Dan Greenwald of ComicBookPit.com. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hi, Dan. For those uh, that maybe haven't checked the Twitter, haven't didn't stop out. Uh, Dan uh, sort of uh, was our advisor for our first trip out to Comic Con uh, for for our little media group here and Mangtoons and everything, and uh, it was it was quite a time. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I kept my pants on. Yeah, Josh, he cuts his pants on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, can you, uh, tell, uh, tell, us, tell, tell people, people about, about uh, yeah, the comic, comic book, book pit, pit uh, and, and uh, real quick, and you know what they expect. You know, uh, and you, sure. Why, why we got you on the show here? Okay, great. Well, thanks. Uh, comic book pit is a biweekly comic book news review and conversation show. Mm-hmm. It's me and my good friend Scott Headland. We um, we do this. We we Skype every couple of weeks, and we just talk about the the comics that we picked up, uh, what we like, what we don't like, the you know the the, the recent you know the uh, news that's been uh, hitting the internet in the you know the previous week, and um, we've been doing it for about two years, and. Uh, you know, we just do it for the for the love of the uh, of the craft. Uh, you know, we've we've both been longtime comic book readers and collectors. Um, you know, probably since we were in grade school, and uh, you know, we we do it just probably for the same reason you guys do your show. You know, just for the for the love of uh, love of the genre, love of the uh, you know. Well. You still there? I think it might. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no, I didn't sorry, know you yeah. dropped you or not. I don't know what the Skype's doing tonight. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, of course, we're coming off uh, Pittsburgh Comic Con. I want to get you on here for a little bit of kind of post show. Uh, there's a few trends that uh, really pertain to a lot of the technology we talked about here. Uh, were there? Uh, what, first of all, you know, what do you think were some of the interesting? Dude, this can go out to you too, Chachi, because uh, I know you picked something out. Uh, what were some of the interesting uh, trends of uh, something new and different you saw come out of the the Pittsburgh Comic Con this year? Um, well, for me, the I would say the strangest thing that I saw, and, and not strange, but strange for Comic-Con, is uh, Comic-Con was that there were a lot of um, self-published authors there, mm-hmm. a, a lot of literary type people, which you just don't see that that often. And um, 
So I'm curious to see, you know, to hear how they fared. You know, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure um, who, who told them that Comic-Con was really a good place to go to sell uh, <laughs> prose novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but, know, uh, I, yeah, I know Malenko was looking for an artist to help with some of his projects. Uh, went up to a booth, thought it was an artist he was looking at, it, and it turned out it was like no, it's just a writer. Yeah, it was it, it was really interesting. Like like I said, there were a lot of people like that. Uh, I've been going to Comic Con for or Pittsburgh Comic Con for about eight years, and this year there was a really strong presence of literary people. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, if that's just a coincidence or if it's a trend, obviously these days there's, um, you know, as far as self self publishing is very easy now because, you know, a lot of people self publish their own comic books. And I know a few people that have actually self published their own novels. Mm-hmm. So I, I, in a way, I think it's great that these people are getting out there, you know, pushing their work. But at the same time, it's not, you know, Comic-Con is not really, probably not the best place for novels or, you know, original fiction or original literature. Definitely. And uh, and uh, one of the interesting things I saw, of course, you know, I've listened to a lot of stuff. We talked about, like, digital distribution here on the show a lot with the iPad and everything. Um, but I know there were a few guys that we talked to, of course, you know, we went around, did a whole bunch of interviews. Dan was a great host as far as that goes, knew exactly who to, who to go. Yeah. I think we counted, we have about 14 interviews wow. <laughs> from the weekend on top of whatever other footage we got of, 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 you know, uh, uh, co- you know, costumes and, and, and other booths and everything. I know it's like we're taking over, uh, Pittsburgh. On looks video. like we're <laughs> taking over Pittsburgh comic con. Yeah. Pittsburgh on video is going to get a lot of comic con stuff, uh, coming up here. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the interesting things I saw was, uh, the fellows that had, uh, uh, uh some advertisements, their stuff was on a, a, a service called cloud nine. Uh, which apparently right. is from New Zealand. I'm on Cloud Nine. You're on Cloud. Um, oh, not that. Australia. No, no. Australia. Australia. <laughs> and I yeah. guess this is this is supposed to be you know uh, you know again Comicsology. I've heard heard does. I think we saw IDW. They, I know they have a Walking Dead app. They do DC. They do um, uh, Marvel uh, versions for the iPad and iPhone. Uh, but Cloud Nine is basically for the independent. So you know, uh, w- 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 how much have you looked into this here, Dan? Um, as far as Cloud Nine goes. Uh, I, I haven't really looked into it. Cloud, um, the, the guys that we talked to from FilmsandComics.com, mm-hmm. the local guys that use Cloud Nine, they're the they're the first ones that I've mm-hmm. heard of that that have been using the uh, the Cloud Nine uh, technology or the Cloud Nine services. So that's something that I would be interested in looking into and learning more about. Mm. But it's, um, I mean, it's definitely the trend to, for, for more independent people to start putting their, their work on the web. I know a few guys that are, or I'm sorry, not the web, but putting it on the digital applications Mm -hmm. or in digital uh, media readers. So it's it's coming closer and closer every day for the independent guys. Definitely, definitely, and I, and I was uh, you know amazed variety of work we saw with the independents there. A lot of them from the the local area, and had some really great looking stuff. Um, and, uh, and 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 you know publishing is, is you know like we talked about before is a really high price tag to it, you know, and limited distribution, especially with comic books and everything. So. Yeah, it really is a grassroots movement. You you you, you have to hustle your you, you have to become a, aside from being the creator, you have to be the salesman, you have to be the distributor. Mm-hmm. You have to do everything. I mean, well, that's what these local guys are doing. Well, I, I and Malengo and I talked about this and I'm I'm pretty sure you were there for some of the conversation. But um on the whole uh hustling yourself mm-hmm. and your product mm-hmm. uh we noticed that there were some people there that were really bad at it yeah yeah, um, yeah but you know what you know Chaja, we, we've been in we've we've been around the music industry the music 
group, underground, whatever you call it here in the area. We've seen the same thing there. We see the same thing with video. We've seen the same thing with web. I think that's you're gonna you're gonna have that. It, it, there's a lot of simulator wrestlers that don't know how to promote themselves. You right. know, mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's and, it, and, it, it, it it goes it goes around to all that stuff. Uh, and all right, uh, my personal experience from this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, if the chick next to us <laughs> would have pitched one more time. I probably would have tossed the table <laughs> just because she was bad at it. Okay. And I'm not saying that because it was an annoying pitch. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, understand. I didn't even hear it. I, like, I was there Friday and Sunday. I didn't even hear her pitch. There was, I bought stuff at the comic con. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't really want to put this uh, ju- for the conversation I had with them mm-hmm. just as much as, the art that they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought a book called Fubar, mm-hmm. and I forget their company, um, but they're out of Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And the guy talked to me for ten minutes before I even heard a number. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine mm-hmm. because by that time I was so engrossed in the conversation that he probably could have sold me everything on the table. And that, that's that's something I kind of gra- that's something I kind of grazed from the interviews we were doing too. Uh, was that these these guys come out here and they they have that fan base and um and another thing I want to touch on here like a lot of them will do like they put uh I think uh, a friend of yours there Dan he puts like a page up I think a week of his book and then just puts together a print version Cosmic Hellcast does that that we've talked to uh you know Chris Maverick on here in the Wrestling Mayhem show uh where they kind of make their book throughout the year and put it out in time for Comic Con right. And then, yeah, that's that's kind of the the business model for people that that do web comics. Mm-hmm. The idea is just that you, you put your new content up every week, every day, uh, every two weeks, whatever, to to foster an audience, to create readers, to create fans of your art, and then you know you give it away for free, and then when the time comes. You hope that you create an, enough of an audience and enough of a fan base that when you do come out with a comic book or a T-shirt or um, a, a piece of original art, that these people will turn around and then support you and buy, you know, buy your comic, buy your T-shirt, mm-hmm. buy your buy your art. Well, a- another one of the conversations I had. And I got the go- the guy's business card because I plan on going back to his website to buy mm-hmm. more from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I bought something because of the conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, and because Chachi is a fan of superheroes as little kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so and if you're going to go to a place like this, mm-hmm. work on your pitch. Mm-hmm. Or don't pitch me at all. Yeah. Get me engrossed that, in a conversation, and if I like you, chances are I'm going to buy something. You can tell the people that they're, they're, they're very minded and I need to sell my stuff to make my money back. Right. You know? And uh, I understand right. that, mm-hmm. but you're not going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pro, um, the, 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 you either, like you said, you, you either have people that are overzealous and just too ready to sell you stuff, or you have your traditional artist who is very introverted and you could stand at their table for five minutes and they won't they'll barely look at you so and there's really no middle ground but i Mm. i I have a friend um who actually he's the artist he's the creator of his book he brings his fiance with him to you know anytime he goes sets up somewhere and she does all the selling because it's easier for her because it's almost like she is separate from the art Right, she's not pushing herself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She's pushing. Uh, she's pushing someone else that she can honestly yeah. have an outside opinion. Most, on. most artists, it's so hard to be not critical and, and and you know be able to push yourself over right. like that too. Because I mean, I, most 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 good artists are are very self. You know, they're their own worst critic. You know, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, I mean. Um, yeah, I've and I've I've been on that other side of the table because I do some comics of my own, mm-hmm. and it's taken me five or six years to develop a a sales pitch that isn't too 
obnoxious, but, you know, but, but then I don't, you know, at the same time, I, I'm actually interested in selling them and I'm not some, some hermit cave dweller, <laughs> like some of these tortured artists come off as. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Another thing I want to get in a little bit here is the technology we saw. Of course, we ran into our friend Chris Maverick over the Cosmic Hellcats uh, booth, uh, Malengo, Mangtoons.com, and uh, God, he's w- got like so many comic strips right now. I would just like to point out <laughs> that I never actually saw Malengo using technology to draw at the, the comic. <laughs> I did. He did on Sunday. I, I he do- did on Sunday. Did, did you get f- video evidence? I don't think I did. Then it didn't happen. I, Dan, you saw it. He he made me help him carry the Wacom in. And well, it yeah, sat Saturday on the table. He, he used it fifteen minutes. He started using it fifteen minutes before the show closed. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, and then Sunday, we realized he was using it as the power went out. Oh, so. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, no, no. So it was not destined for him to use it at yeah. the time. No, it was not. It was not. But 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 the technology we saw the the Wacom there, tablet seemed to be you know around. Malingo has the big. Big one uh, that he drug in. Uh, we saw Mav had a, a smaller one that's kind of like probably a little bigger than an iPad, uh, and mm-hmm. he had it, uh, you know, hooked up to his his MacBook, and and they had that with another output going out to a screen, so people can just walk up to the booth and see what he's drawing right, right there. And there was there were <laughs> several people doing that. Was, the, uh, there was technology represented on all forms mm-hmm. at the Comic Con being used for all different things. Mm-hmm. We weren't the yeah. only podcast being represented yeah. there. I noticed no. um, there was another one. I didn't get the name of them because, quite frankly, I I, I I forgot what it was too. But it... but um yeah. So but uh, my personal experience, and I picked up footage for Mike to use at a different time and set up a. I haven't seen it yet. I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's it's footage of him drawing. Yeah. Um, and I plan on getting him on the show to talk to him because he sure. uh, Malengo pointed it out to me. <laughs> and it was funny because I mean we kept leaving the table in shifts because after a while sitting yeah. there, oh yeah, just you a... have to, you have to. But um, Malingo came back and he said, "You need to go shoot this guy." And <laughs> with your camera, with the camera, <laughs> and uh, apparently, uh, and I verified it was true later. But um, he was working on his art on a slate mm-hmm. hooked up to an external monitor. Okay, okay, which is a a Windows. Yeah, it's a, a oh. Windows-based tablet. Yeah. Um, and so I did. I went. He was at the quick draw when I went back to try to get footage of it. And, of course, he took it with him because who's going to leave a slate laying around? <laughs> no, as opposed to Blango's <laughs> giant Wacom. Yeah. I've, <laughs> right. We could probably catch up to you if you're trying to run off. But, with um, yeah, I went back. And, yeah, sure enough, he was sitting there working on a Green Lantern picture. <laughs> nice. And... Nice. I mean, it looked like he was using a tablet and a pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, he was flying around, uh, shading and adding depth to the picture as I sat there and watched him. And unfortunately, after I shut the camera off, I found out that the guy is a talker. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I probably should have left the camera running the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a great conversation. But unfortunately, I was getting, vi- uh, getting footage and he was drawing. So he really wasn't talking, but after I shut the camera off and I kind of put it down to my side, he put down the pen and we started having a discussion about it using tablet devices as a medium for art. Mm -hmm. And he said that it's not the first tablet that he used. He actually experimented with several others. Um, He named the iPad. He didn't name any others after that, but he said he started originally with a Wacom. And he liked it, but it was too big for him to carry around. So he wanted something more compact. And he tried the the iPad. Mm-hmm. And he said it worked, but uh, it wasn't perfect. Yeah, I, I think there's some sensitivity issues when it comes to right. the iPad. When, and, of course, I mean, you have to get a special capacitive pen, I think. Right. Um, so right off the gate, you know, this isn't ready for that kind of thing. There's sketching programs. Photoshop has some new apps that, that, that work in companion with Photoshop, uh, on your desktop. But yeah, it's, it's not entirely there yet. Um, but, but more so than I know, I know my brother has the, uh, 
that, that his flippy laptop he had on the show here. Yeah, and uh, I, I know it wasn't completely supported with all the sensitivities for brushes and everything for Photoshop. Right. But, of course, something like that seems like a more more so would be. But um, it, we were sitting there talking about it, and he said that he had the opportunity to test the slate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said an hour after starting to use it, he had decided that that was his device. So he he spent a week and a half tracking one down, and he admitted to me that he honestly paid more for the one he bought mm-hmm. because he had to. Uh, he found a guy in Illinois that had one, so he got it shipped in, and it cost him a little bit more. But he said it was worth every penny because the the sensitivity is perfect, and he can install whatever programs he wants on it. It feels like it feels like the slate isn't something that's very widely available. It's uh, if you look it up on Amazon, it's currently sold out with no really? anticipation date. I don't know. I, wow. I haven't caught up with that. I don't know if there's just one model or anything. Uh, as far as I know, there's just the one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, real quick, I want to touch on. Now, Dan, you educated me on what mixed media was because I know we talked to one or two artists that were that were uh, into it, and and uh, this kind of like digital way of uh, making art. Uh, can can you kind of explain that process here real quick? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, there's the for most guys there's traditional way of making comics which is you pencil it you know it's pencil on paper and then you take your black ink and then you go over your pencils and that's called inking or shading or adding depth tracing and <laughs> and yeah tracing exactly <laughs> you're adding you know uh the depth and dimension things like that and then if you're doing a well whether you're putting it online or you're do it, preparing to print, just go straight to print. You know, you're going to scan it. You're going to you're going to put it in Photoshop. You're going to clean it up. Things like that. Um, that's the most traditional way. There, and then on the on the far end of the spectrum, you have people that are using their tablets, their Wacom's, to do their original art right into Photoshop or Illustrator. So which is kind of an interesting thing now because there technically is no original art or there's, there's nothing on paper. It's all digital. And, um, for professional comic book artists, a big part of their business or a big part of their income is selling original, you know, their original art, their original comic book pages. So now there, there are very few professionals that, Um, that uh, do their whole pages digitally. They they still do the um, traditional, but there are um, one or two that are in the industry now that are they do everything digitally. Um, now, as far as the mixed media, there are that's probably the most common thing where you start out doing the traditional pencils, but you don't finish it with the with the ink, you put it into Photoshop and then you do, uh, digital inking, um, adding effects, uh, adding texture, adding special effects. Um, the possibilities are pretty much endless for what you can do with your art. Once you get it onto, you know, a digital platform, but that's both good and bad. There are people that don't understand, you know, that like, when to stop. <laughs> um, there are people that just over-render and... Yeah, it just the, stops being the, hard at I that can point. do everything, so I will kind of, kind of yeah. mentality. Exactly. Because to me, mm-hmm. I, and I mean, you're seeing less and less of this because of the mixed media mm-hmm. or because of the complete computer uh, drawing, but to me, part of the fun of the art that you're buying is the mess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There was, yeah. There's, and I didn't buy any because he didn't have any of the characters I wanted. Mm-hmm. But there was a guy who turned his art into uh, basically neon wireframe. Nice. It was he he would sketch something out on a tablet, mm-hmm. like a, a physical paper tablet, 
scan it into uh, Photoshop or Illustrator. It would take all of his pencil drawings and throw this bright neon color onto it. He would put it on a back background and never clean up any of his mistakes. <laughs> so it lets all that human element through. Yeah. But digitizes it. Right. And it yep. was some of the best art that I'd seen there. Awesome. Now, had I been interested in the characters that he had done that to, yeah. I probably would have bought some. But still, I mean, it, you to me, you have to have some of that mess in there. Mm-hmm. Or it just loses that flair that makes the like, Comic Con what the Comic Con is. And then a little bit to me, I kind of like a, I like the clean digital style. Like I, I, I the the comics I know I kind of gravitated to were uh, like late '90s X Men era, where I've noticed that little uh, comics, yeah, coloring by comics art, you know, in the corner. Mm-hmm. It was a very clean style, you know. But you mm-hmm. know, that's what it, that's what attracts me. You know, or the guy that was like a booth across from us that had the kind of kitty versions of like He Man and stuff. Oh, you talked oh, to him. <laughs> no, I didn't talk to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I, I talked to Malengo about that. Oh, yeah? And I'll tell you about it off the show. Okay, so kinda... we're just not going to get into that. Yeah, and I know much. there's a whole other issue around something like that I talked to Dan about. Just not show safe. Oh, oh, oh. Um, anyways, uh, well, there's, there, there's our little bit of a take on a Comic-Con. Let's get into the rest of the news for this week. Uh, and see what's going on Which here. Which means we get to bring Rob in. Sorry, I, Rob. Rob has been <laughs> quiet the whole time. He has not said a word. Just taking a nap. It's all right. That's no, all right, man. That's just well, maybe if you would have went to Comic Con, we could have included you in the conversation. <clears throat> I was doing more important things at Comic Con. All right. Okay. Uh, there is there is nothing more important than Comic Con. <laughs> oh, let me rephrase that. Um, <laughs> any other Comic Con? You're right. There's nothing more important than. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it was Pittsburgh's Comic Con. Well, yeah, uh. Pittsburgh has its share of problems, and that's you know, and and and, and that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, right. yeah, we'll leave that for your podcast, and and yeah. I, I, I I can't wait to hear the conversation for that. Um, but I I got to have my eyes opened uh, a little bit this weekend. See, so you, you, well, one I, I I'm amazed at the community that is there, and I'm I I'm amazed at how many of my old classmates from AIP are in that community. And and yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool for all the proms are there. I thought it was a, a really good opportunity for a lot of people. A really really good opportunity to see a lot of cool stuff. And uh, right. we're gonna have four. Interviews about it over the next several weeks on the website. So uh, stay tuned to sorgatronmedia.com and comicbookpit.com, and I'll be all over that. Hopefully, all over. I'll, hopefully, I have the first kind of wrap up video up uh, end of this week. So good it work. All works awesome. out. Good work. Don't say good work yet. It ain't done. Um, yeah. But it's captured. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the news. All right. The news. The news. Let's go to the news. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> Uh, sure, I'll take it. So, hey, uh, remember that, that really awesome program that everybody likes to use to edit videos with, but for some reason they've been using the same architecture for the last ah, 15 years? You remember that? Yeah, oh, you yeah. mean, um, Final oh, something. Final, final Cut. Final yeah. something. Yeah, studio, I'm still using that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah right? I'm pretty happy with uh, that. So, something that has bothered me on, a, on like, an, a totally aesthetic point, but, like, Final Cut Pro... Has always, like, you open up Final Cut Pro, even the latest version, not the one we're about to talk about, get excited, it's a teaser. Um, like, even the skinning for the video playback inside Final Cut Pro is the same skinning that they used in, like, QuickTime 3. Like, that really weird brushed aluminum, nasty-looking giant button nonsense. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening. Okay, just <laughs> wanted, I got no agreeance here, so I'm just checking. Well, I've never used Final Cut Pro, and Sorg had to fix an echo problem. Yes! So. I apologize <laughs> to people okay. in the first half of the show that have uh, apparently uh, so, had a little uh, bit of an echo on me. Yeah. Uh, but I fixed that, hopefully. Uh, okay. let, let me know in the chat room that's still happening. Yes, Final Cut Pro... Yes. And I'm sorry, I may be reiterating since um, I didn't have headphones on. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Mike, you would be familiar with the, uh, I the was, horrible, like, the interface that was just 10 years outdated. Well, I mean, and, the interface, you know, it kind of got to the point where it's like, well, you know, because I didn't see too much of a difference between we've had the studio, studio 1, 2, and 3, which was Final Cut 5, 6, and 7. Uh, and uh, even this last one was cheaper for you to upgrade and get. What's that? I have no idea. The tambourine. Why are you playing with the Who's tambourine? Who's got a tambourine? <laughs> Sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> oh. All right, at least I'm not the only one that has that problem. Um, 
But yeah, it, it's uh, it's been a little clunky and, and really to the point where I'm like, okay, we're to the point where, uh, you know, there's not much difference between it and Premiere. And Premiere's back on the Mac, so it's no big deal. Uh, I've, I've liked it, but then uh, I saw the keynote uh, and uh, to see a bunch of video geeks cheering over features on Final Cut as yeah. if it's an iPhone or something was pretty fantastic. Um it's damn sexy. It's only two ninety nine in the App Store in June, and uh, damn it, I'm going to get it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it, and a lot of people are going to get it, and uh, I think uh, the people at Avid have a reason to be shaking in their oh, boots yeah. now. Oh yeah, it's uh, they built it from the ground up because it hasn't been sixty four bit yet. It's right. been clunky, you know, uh, as far as that goes. Um, I know, I know, I've seen, you know, I have the uh, the iStat menu. Uh, and, and you know, so I can get an idea of what's using what processes. And I know when I render out a video, it's barely using any processor. Mm-hmm. Barely. I'm and, not going to get it. No, because you don't have a Mac. Right. Oh. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. But um, but the 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 features they're bringing in, you know, I'm a little disappointed. Okay, we're not getting a full studio update, so my motion and my soundtrack pro, but really, not yet, not yet. Not it, yet. This is this announcement was just for Final Cut, and when asked about the rest of the studio, they said stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I didn't hear that yet. Yeah, um, yeah. which good. So I so I see them breaking this down and uh, and yeah. uh, it becoming more accessible for uh, little freelancers like you and me. You know. Yeah, and the other big point is that this will be available in the App Store as a standalone application for only 300 bucks, which is dirt cheap for what you're getting. Yeah, which I didn't realize this. I didn't know you couldn't Whoa. buy Final Cut. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Hold on. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I didn't realize Final Cut, you could not buy by itself. Yeah. If you had to go get Express. Because right. um, somebody was saying how they were like, yeah, I got my Final Cut Express on the way. I'm like, why the hell did you buy Express? You know? I, I've sat down with a it's copy quicker. of it. It's it's quicker. It's it's, it's Express. Express. You, know, it's you like don't have better. to pay a thousand dollars just to get Final Cut. That's what it is, you know, with a whole bunch of other programs you might not need. Right. Which I can understand that color. I I could not even wrap my head around color. I'm sorry. It's um, but it's quicker. It's quicker. Yeah. So speaking talking? of quicker, a lot of the cool things that it's doing. It's doing uh, resolution independent playback. Mm-hmm. It's doing uh, full color management using uh, Color Sync. And it's also, here's the big, huge, important one for those of us who have more than four cores. Uh, there will be <laughs> leveraging the Grand Central Dispatch, which uh, means you can use all eight cores. All of them. Nice. Every bit of them. You can render nice. the crap out of whatever you have. That sounds kind of dirty. It does. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What else we got? That's true. I, I don't see, uh, on, on the i7 uh, uh, iMac working on at the one job, I don't see that thing take off until I get into compressor. You know, yep. I don't see those those cores filling up until I get into that. Uh, so uh, you're going to have people detection, shot detection. Um, it'll do all the yeah. cool automatic stuff that you can do in iMovie. Automatic non-destructive color balance. Automatic audio cleanup. Well, that sounds a little too good to be true. Now, now let's, let's step back from it. Now, people detection, shot detection. Uh, this was interesting because, you know, we've had like iPhoto has the face recognition and, and, and uh, Picasso, I think, does it a little bit too. This is kind of like that, it feels. And I haven't played enough with iMovie to see what it does in this respect. But it'll actually, when I capture footage, you know, you go, you do a single shot of somebody and then you do the two shot of people, you know, it will actually detect there's two people in the shot whether it's a wide shot close shot and it'll divide up all the shots in that piece of footage and organize it for you in your library yep so also uh they're doing a lot more with uh trying to keep your audio and your video together if you've ever accidentally knocked a piece of audio out of sync i did it today i did it today this ridiculous five minute video i was working on actually about eight sections of five minute videos that i'm working on and, and instead of me having all these little tabs, I could just put them in a timeline and go in and out of them, uh, yep. you know, as I, as I work on a bit of them. And, and as one gets longer or shorter, it just compacts or, you know, whatever it needs to do. That's fantastic. I'm yes. geeking out. I'm video nerd geeking out over this right here. Yeah, this is really <laughs> exciting. And the, the huge, like, complete, I mean, when they say build from the ground up, they're not kidding. Complete interface overhaul mm. to the point where... Like, in the past, you know, I've talked to Mike about this. I, I've toyed with Final Cut, but I really just don't feel like doing it because it's just, like, a really intimidating interface because it's it so is. outdated. It is. The only reason I think I slid right into it because I was working on, like, uh, Premiere Pro 1.5 at the time. 
Yeah. And it was just like, okay, I need to do this stuff, but over here, and how do we do it here? So it was just kind of translation, translating a mindset to the keystrokes on a Mac at the time. But, um, but yeah, this is fantastic. And, and then utilizing that app store, uh, I, I wonder what it's going to mean for licensing. Am I going to be able to buy a copy, plug in my ID, and stick it on, you know, my iMac and my laptop, you know? Uh, what does that mean for business licensing? You know, like we, well, you know, at the job I'm leaving, we have uh, four or five copies of studio and one still a uh, version behind because it's an older computer. You know, are we just going to log in under the company's uh, ID and we have a copy or, you know, is there or is it going to be like, did, did they have Snow Leopard? There's a family pack with five licenses, but it really didn't matter because they don't detect how many licenses you use. <laughs> what? Snow Leopard's coming up pack. <laughs> wow! Wow! Hey, hey, no, no, that was a good one. Never thought of that one. It's just Apple wrapping everything up. There you go. There you go. What Way to one? go, Steve. Well, you got lines out next. Ooh, yes. So it's gonna be a pride. You can buy a pride. <laughs> they should call their family pack a pride. That, That'd can, be fantastic. You can buy a pride of lion for pride. all the max in your house. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm pumped that it'll be out in uh, June for 300 bucks. Yeah. Yes. And you know, oh, and the other thing, and this was the big, this is the big one more thing pop of the, uh, of the keynote. I thought no more render bars, oh. which is funny because I was at work waiting on a rather long render bar as I was watching the keynote. Oh, so, uh, back at background rendering. So you won't actually have to do something, hit a button, wait for it before you can move on. <laughs> Yep. So that's that's pretty fantastic. Um, well, you know what? You're not going to be shooting footage for uh, Final Cut on. Yeah, what's that? The flip cam. Oh, geez, look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Cisco uh, has axed the entire flip cam division. I think they laid everybody off, and they were just doing a whole bunch of marketing, like with the Super Bowl and everything. Um, it's gone. You bye know, bye. the uh, number one cam in the industry, which I don't think was doing that bad. No. Is, yeah. is, well, is gone. It was taking quite a hit. I know uh, numbers came out recently for, I mean, unrelated to video camera, but obviously uh, the like the new nicer cameras that you're seeing in the iPod Touch and the mm -hmm. iPhone, mm -hmm. as well as everybody, as we've discussed, the like the Android line of phones has become the replacement for the feature phone. So even people who don't want quote unquote smartphones have them now. They've got a nice camera and they're using the heck out of them. And there's no reason for you to drop the other, you know, two to five hundred dollars on a flip cam or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't make sense anymore. I, I've had a flip cam uh, running around. I think it has it's not HD, but it has a little bit better quality than my 3G guess. But it is hard to just have that on hand and you're like, well, I'll just use this. And uh, they were talking on the one show about like uh, uh, what the the iPhone is uh, almost the number one camera on Flickr over the. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was going to mention the for the Canon point and shoots. Yeah, they've taken over. Yeah, because I can you know look at what we're doing with Instagram. You know, I'm clicking, I'm adding a filter, and it's up on the in the cloud. You know, for everybody to see on my Twitter, on my Facebook, on my Flickr. So. Yep. You know, it, it's it, it's that easy use, and, and these are becoming more prevalent. And the cameras aren't half bad now yes. so for what they are. So, so uh, speaking of the evolution of cameras, oh, we've got a good, nice. we've got a good thing going. I, I like that. Nice job. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Hobbit. Yeah, the Hobbit in 48 frames per second. Now... I, from what I, the the thing I've graced from this was what this is supposed to do is double. <laughs> it's supposed to make it double the awesome. Is that it? Pretty much. No, <laughs> from the it says I'm reading the article now for the okay. first time, but it, it's taking 24 mm -hmm. and doubling it. Well, Which, what it is is that, like, I mean, if you're familiar with movie production at all, basically what happened is back in the say 20s somebody decided uh mostly because of limitations in hardware and film processing and and issues with the light and things that 24 frames per second would work uh and then as we progressed into the digital age the problem was that we're still shooting digital content on analog projectors and things like that so it's still simpler to keep everything at right. 24 frames per second that's why you can buy a very nice digital camera today, and it's still going to shoot at 24 frames per second, and you're probably going to be editing video at 24 frames per section, for se that per second to uh, to be shared. And Peter Jackson, big bald Peter Jackson, has basically <laughs> said, "You know what? 
<laughs> you know what? The the Hobbit is kind of a big deal, and uh, you know what? 3D movies are not good enough. They're mostly not good enough because they're still shot at 24 frames per second. Right. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has been working with a heck of a lot of 3D content lately, oh my god, it hurts my eyes. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so what he's done is he's jacked it up. He's doubled it, just like we were saying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. mostly because um, they're doing a fantastic job with The Hobbit. I mean, I wasn't excited about The Hobbit, and it's not coming out any freaking time soon, but I'm well, excited about not. it, which is a big deal. It just started, uh, right? It just started production. I saw yeah. I saw the, uh, the, the, the video, the time I had a video blog. Uh, uh, just this past week, and uh, yeah, I just became. I wasn't excited until I saw that either. Right, yeah, and yeah. the film's not coming out anytime soon at all. But I am stoked to see this thing. So that alone is just speak volumes about what it's going to do for when it actually hits the theater. So, so what, what I what I think happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Jackson was sleeping. And he woke up in the middle with his big balls. Yeah, yeah. He he was he was laying in his huge bed from all of his Lord of the Rings money, and he woke up. He's like, "We should do it in forty-eight because I'm Peter F. and Jackson, and I can do that." Yeah, I mean, it's not too far from that. It comes down to the fact that because for this movie to be played properly in theaters, they're going to either have to update their upgrade their hardware, oh, wow. or at the very least, upgrade the firmware on digital projectors, so, which right. is asking a lot. Wait. But because of how Wait. much attention The Hobbit is going to get, he basically realized he was in a position where he could make a call like this and force <laughs> the entire industry but, to double their standards. Right. Peter Jackson is changing movie going as we know it. Yes. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's very true. He took a, a, a very strong vantage point. He said, you know what? There's no reason that we're s- still stuck at 24 frames per second. It's digital. Let's do what we want and make it look good. And uh, he has said that they've been watching uh, hours worth of test footage at 48 frames per second, and you don't get the same fatigue that you get from watching 3D footage at 24 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, now, is this still being shot on red camera, like a red epic, I heard? I don't know. Cause that's that's uh because I know he did the do, test do, stuff. Do. Uh, for those who don't know, Red is uh this uh incredibly insanely high res camera. Seven? Yeah, they can do up to eight K. Eight K standard, like ten eighty P is four K, isn't it? Uh, I think no, because I think they're talking about four K, four K uh. Uh, TVs. Yeah, so we just restarted Windows on a machine. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, um, <laughs> uh, it, it's a. Uh, but yeah, because the, they're talking about 4K and 5K TVs. I know uh, recently, and I think that's a different. You know, okay. more than like my 1080p plasma I have upstairs. <laughs> you know, um, I don't. I don't know. But 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 he's been a big proponent of that. He did te- a test reel uh, to test out the the red, one of the early reds. Uh, uh, I think the original red uh, camera, and this has been—it's it's a cheaper camera, I believe, uh, and is just incredibly—you know—has has more colors than like any TV you'll ever buy in the next five years, probably. Uh, I, uh, so. I just did a, a quick check. Uh, the way the math works, uh, 1080p is considered like 1K. Okay. So 4K would so be like 4, four times the resolution of your television right now. If you have like high-ish end. Uh, television. Now, what that's going to do is, uh, uh, hopefully, when you get your uh, 3D glasses at home, uh, because essentially, you know, how do I explain this? When you're doing the 3D, you're splitting the picture in half, right? right? So you're like kind of like every other line is how I understand it. So you, so you, you got a 1080p uh, 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 picture. You do the 3D. You're cutting that resolution in half. So yeah. it's it's you're back down to what 480p. Right. right? Yeah. So you, so you quadruple that to get you back down to a high res free 3D. <laughs> uh, it's it's complete it's an interesting uh, way to uh, do that and and sell better TVs for more expensive. I mean honestly, I am not a fan of Tolkien. Okay. I have never seen a full And the hate mail can be sent to contact at awesomecast.com. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. They can send that directly to me. Chachi says at gmail.com. All right. All right. All right. I'll that take... floodgate has been opened. Right. I'll take the flame for that. But um yeah, I'm just not a big fan. Um the the Rings movies uh, just weren't they didn't do it for you. Yeah, it's they, all right. they didn't do it for it's me. All right. So You're a I've never seen I've it. never seen the whole one. Okay. A whole Rings movie. I get but because, it. They're all walking through the woods. Right. And... Um, <laughs> but because... Walk, walk, walk. 
Peter Jackson has decided to basically change what we know about the movie industry, mm-hmm. I'll go see The Hobbit. Yeah. And if you if you will get you to s- the link... we see in 3D? To see if it's any better because it's 48? Probably. Yeah? Okay. Well, okay. I mean, I I don't know. It can't... It, it's not like a Tron. Yeah. Which is a movie I thought needed to be in 3D. Okay, okay. Um, I got it on Netflix. I want to see how it comes off in 2D in comparison. Right. In 3D, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. But, um... But yeah, I mean, if I have to, I'll see Hobbit in 3D. But even it, at the link, and I'll try to get this in the chat room. Um, but he even put a picture of the slate for filming yeah. to brag about the 48. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> that's no, that's basically what it is. It's him. He's like, huh? Look at this, 48. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. So well, you know, well, well, you know, well, and well. Peter Jackson is creating new jobs. Uh, The iPad (laughs) is taking away American jobs. They took our jobs. (laughs) I've been waiting all day to do that. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, that's all I wanted to do. Jesse Jackson Jr. of Illinois has been, is he in the Senate, is it? Hold on, hold on. Um, (laughs) Hold on, I have to stop the track for a second here. Both of you and Chachi, there is no S in Illinois. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you know what? Look, you know uh, this is the same guy. This is the same guy that, along with Lengo, says drawing. So, yeah, I just don't care. <laughs> you don't draw I, anything. English, I cannot speak it. Okay, that's why we have you on podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, from Illinois, Illinois, the the congressional district of Illinois. Uh, well. There's there's this video going around that makes him look like an absolute lunatic to to, to us technology (laughs) types, uh, apparently. Uh, But he's going around saying that how, okay, we have the iPads and we're buying our books online and that's cool. But uh, the iPads made in China and only Steve Jobs is the the only guy that made it in America making money off of it. And and we're going to be losing jobs for uh, librarians and 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 bookmakers and and I don't know the loggers for the paper. Um, so uh, this is the same guy that a few weeks ago had a speech about how the iPad was the greatest thing and the government should buy every kid in America one. <laughs> so that I think that gives you an idea of the scope. Wow. Have, have any of you guys seen this video? No. It's on like every other tech podcast I've been listening to the last two days. Since when do we cover everything else that people cover? Oh, hell, uh, I don't know. Um, but but it, it's interesting. Uh, they, I think they're, they're, they're referring to this as the new series of tubes guy. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like just the second Ted Stevens. Yes. That's his name. But, but this guy is entertaining while he's doing it. Are you sure? Because so, listening to that guy talk about the tubes, that was kind of funny. That was funny, but he's like old and passed away now. <laughs> so somebody had to step up, I guess. Wait, is he dead? I think he, yeah, he, he, he died in a plane crash last year. Oh, jeez. Oh. Yeah. Can we have a moment of silence for the tubes guy? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> in related government news, uh, you know, we reported a couple of weeks ago about how, how Obama, he's like, I'm the president. Of course I have an iPad. Right. You know, very, uh, very matter of factly. But apparently it's come out since that, uh, the, uh, White House is about 30 years behind. This has got to be an exaggeration because there's no way they're running national security on a trash 80. Okay. Um, but yeah, they say that the, the, the White House is about 30 years behind on technology. Wow. So, uh, so time for an upgrade there, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you guys, iPad. Well, it's an old house. They got the, it's, it is an old house. I mean, but it, it got burnt down, so they renovated it, but that was like in the 1800s. Yeah. I, I mean, it would take a lot to yeah. bring the technology up in that place. I mean, the Who walls. Who knows what the wiring's like? Exactly. And the walls have to be thick. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, run, yeah. getting wireless up in there, that, that's, that's going to be. True, a that's true. That's true. You're going to need a lot of repeaters. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, I mean, if they want me to do it, I'm, I'm available. But it's not going to be cheap. <laughs> so, Mr. Obama, if you want some <laughs> IT done to help you upgrade those systems in the White House, please contact Chachi Says at gmail.com. He's got a fantastic blog and web show at Chachi Says.net. Yes. <laughs> My IT services are available. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So, um, what else we got here? Uh, what, what do yeah, we? Yeah, 
Uh, um, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, this? Internet identity plan. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens when you know someone for over a decade. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Um, uh, so the way this is uh, going down, this is something that's being proposed by the uh, filmers department. I feel like we get a version of this every other year. Well, this one's pretty good. This one is actually, it seems like some people who uh, actually have, uh, you know, they're not they're not Ted Stevens is what I'm really trying to say here. Because um, <laughs> every right. year, you're right. I mean, the government does try to say, we're going to do a thing. And everybody like us is like, oh, that's cool. Uh, if you did it 20 years ago. But uh, so anyway, the deal here is we're all familiar with the uh, pain in the butt that passwords and identity theft and all that good stuff is. Uh, I just started using 1Password uh, like a month ago, and uh, all of my stuff is very secure and a huge pain in the ass for even me to get into. So, <laughs> If it locks you, you out of everything. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, if, if anybody out there is really good with 1Password, please talk to me because I'm not really thrilled with this program, even though, like, so the deal with 1Password is you have a master password in the application, and then you have this whole, like, your vault that holds all the passwords to all the websites you go to. So if, hypothetically, I want to log into Amazon, my Amazon account now has, uh, like, a 12-digit or something um, randomly generated alphanumeric password that's incredibly strong. For me to log into it, I open up Chrome, I go to Amazon, I can't just log in. I have two options. I can, A, open up one password, uh, enter my master password to unlock one password, click on Amazon, copy the password, go back into Chrome, and paste in my password. Or, in the address bar of Chrome, I type 1P, and then I hit the tab key, and then I hit enter, and then I'll enter in my master password, and then I can scroll through the list and double-click Amazon, and it'll log in for me. Well, 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 okay. Okay. So, I'm so, lost. so I'm lost. See now, now my problem with one password was I would never be able to just go to another computer and log into what I need to. Well, that's the thing too. But like for me, basically, there are certain things you shouldn't be logging into on random computers, and those are the true, ones that I've true. locked in to one password. And if it's a computer that I own, you can just keep your vault in a Dropbox or something like that. Yeah. And then all yeah. your stuff gets synced. That's what I would need to do because I'm looking at like the array of computers over here, and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I, exactly. You can, the um, they actually have instructions on the website on how to work with Dropbox to get everything all synced up between multiple computers. That'd be nice. That'd be yeah. nice. So anyway, Anyways, passwords. <laughs> even with that? one password, still a huge pain in the butt. So uh, the national strategy for trusted identities in cyberspace. That sounds uh, way. That's the important voice. That sounds way cooler than it actually is. Right. That hasn't changed for, like, years. Uh, but the latest version is trying to address two problems. The fact that passwords are broken and that they can be cracked. Um, and the fact that it's uh, pretty impossible for you to prove who you are on the internet these days. I mean, like, you can try really hard, but they still get to a point where, like, if you really need to prove who you are, you're, like, faxing a birth certificate, and it just doesn't fly. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So the uh, the new program, which will be coordinated by the National Institute of Standards and Technology, which are good people, um, and be part of the Commerce Department that has uh, set those national standards, they'll be working on this new way uh, to manage it, which basically involves identity tokens, which you would get from entities such as universities and banks. So um, places that you've already really gone through a whole lot of trouble to prove who you are, Instead of entering a password, you would have, like, a token. So the example that they give is uh, Jane Smith could get digital credentials from her cell phone provider and another one from her university and use either one of them to log into her bank, email, or social networking or whatever. So basically, you link once you make that link with your credentials and you have those credentials, whatever they may be, they haven't quite figured this one out. Uh, whether it's software-based or hardware-based is yet to be seen. And let's face it, everything is crackable. Um... But the idea is that you go through a lot of trouble to prove who you are to one person, and then you use that token to get access to all of your other stuff online. Oh. Yeah. It's simple, right? Kind of like an arcade? Uh, Tokens. My grandma's never going to be able to get this. No. No, no. not at all. <laughs> no. But it's moving pretty quick. They uh, hope to be funding a pilot project by 2012. Which means it's going to fail. 
Right. And uh, regular internet <laughs> users won't see it for three to five years. So by then, we'll thought of something much better that probably involves smearing blood on your screen. Moving on. All right. Well, di- diabetics aren't going to be the only ones that have to prick their fingers now. Ah, uh, you said prick. I did. I meant as poke. Of course. So, get your mind out of the gutter, Rob. And Sorg's looking at his phone. What? No, I was, oh, hi. What, what's going on? <laughs> I, I just flipped <laughs> to a random thing. Sorry. So, <laughs> okay. uh, Adobe has announced three new apps for the iPad. Yes. That can supplement Photoshop CS5. This this kind of went along, and I mentioned it earlier, this kind of went along with the uh, subscription uh, uh, plans that we touched on last week. And Rob, if you want to chime in on that a little bit. Um, he's not allowed. He's not allowed? Yeah. No, no <laughs> I'm kidding. Frick. I just, I just figured we started with him being quiet, we can end with him being quiet. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Jeez. Hurry up. <laughs> we don't have much time. Hurry All right. Yeah, well, the new 5.5 of Photoshop came out. And like we mentioned, it, there, there's uh, interesting applications for the iPad. Uh, now, I think these are free apps. I don't know. I can't find a price. Are they uh, really? I can't I, find a price. I, I don't know. I just see an announcement article here. I don't. Maybe this link goes to something. Uh, yeah, Photoshop. that just takes you to their the Photoshop.com site. So there's no mention of a price. Oh, there's a notify me, so they're not opened up just yet. Uh, there's an easel for Photoshop CS5. Uh, there's a now I gotta wait for it to load again. Oh no! Uh, there's a, uh, a a Adobe Nav that actually could be kind of nice. That all your tools for Adobe are right right there on the iPad. Yeah, basically what it's doing is it's taking, I mean, photo. you can do a lot with Photoshop, but it takes a lot of keyboard commands or shortcuts or whatever. And if you have a Wacom, you have extra keys and it works out better. But what this is doing is taking things like uh, like Adobe Color Lava is one of them, which basically yeah. gives you a palette, like a paint palette where you can smudge colors together to create a new color. And it's just available in your Photoshop color tab. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And the, um, e- the easel is apparently a painting app. Like fingerprinting. Like yeah, like, finger like fingerprinting. And the Adobe Nav, like you said, is for um, basically uh, creating a much larger toolkit, so it's much easier to for you to swap between your most used tools and things like that. That's swap. that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty into this. If it's free, which I'd be really surprised. I mean, they could very easily charge twenty bucks a piece for this. But they again, they're already trying to get you upgrade to five point five to get that little bit extra money, and I think these are just extensions of that. At this point. Well, until they tell us, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so. it does. It says right here, um, Nav is a tool for Photoshop CS5. Yes. And that's the only one it says anything about. Hmm. So, who knows? Um, but, but hey, if you want to upgrade to that, that's uh, pretty easy with these subscription plans they got coming right. up, it looks like. So, which is another, you know, like we were talking about the Final Cut, it's just becoming more accessible for, you know, you and me, you know. So You and I. You and I. You and I. You and I. I'm I've sorry. got big news, guys. What's, What's that, that, Rob? I ordered pillows on the internet the other day, and I just got my shipping notification. Nice. <laughs> what kind of pillows? Just regular pillows or cool <laughs> it, pillows? You're an there's, adult there's actually a story here. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> You ordering pillows just became news on the show. Wow. <laughs> this is news. This well, is news. this is Rob becoming an adult. Okay. He's got a dog that he sleeps with and wait, <laughs> wait, on the couch, on the couch. So, um, it just started raining really hard here. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, we can yeah. a little bit. Wow. That's different um, than the static we've been getting. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, most people like you buy your pillow at like Kmart, Walmart, Target, uh, Coles, whatever, and you don't really care about your pillow. You spend a couple bucks and Big it lots. turns around and you buy a new one, right? Yeah. You never really like fall in love with a pillow. You always have your minor complaints about pillows. Well, that's because they haven't released a perfect pillow yet. You're very Ex- opinionated yet. about Yet. Oh, contraire. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find the perfect pillow? I found the perfect pillow. So what happened was when I was in Toronto, I stayed at a Sheraton. Lies. And I slept on the most amazing pillow I've put my head upon in my life. <laughs> and so I took a, as a, as a geek does, I took a picture of the tag on the pillow. Is it a pillow pet? 
No. Okay. Um, and then I went home and I looked it up. And the funny thing is about this company, when you look up these pillows, like you go to the, the, the website, it's uh, Sobel Westex. S-O-B-E-L-W-E-S-T-E-X. You oh, just, just email me the link so I can order okay. these pillows. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, But you go to their website, it's like, you know, for hotels and whatever. And then there's a buy online link and you can buy stuff. But if you just Google them, you'll find like all these different websites of people who basically went to a hotel, slept on the best pillow of their life and went online and ordered the pillows. <laughs> now, how many like, did you order? I ordered two oh. pillows, even though because I'm usually a two pillow guy. Um, did it only take one? At the uh, it only took one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it only took well, one. It, it was an important question. Oh, because yeah, I, a lot of people are two pillow people. Yes. Yeah. But if it's the greatest pillow in the world, then technically it should only take one. Should only take one. And uh, <laughs> you know, you can spend a lot of money on like a Tempur Pedic pillow. Those are like eighty bucks a piece. And they don't These guys work. are uh, twenty five bucks a piece. Man. I yeah. might have to shell out a couple hundred bucks and just buy a bunch of these pillows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like I bought two just because. Um, but I, I'm, I was so happy with this pillow. I'm so excited about the shipping information. You have no idea. Wow. Well, yeah. um, it's that time. It's a time. It's that time. It's that time. Well, yeah, I, we're actually late because of what you said earlier. Oh, we've been doing better than before. Though. I know much better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, well, on that note, uh, well, first, uh, Dan, thanks for joining us this week. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys have been great. Thanks. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, tell us, uh, of course, comicbookpit.com. Uh, where else can people check out uh, you know, what's going on with you? Uh, is your comic online anywhere? Um, yeah, I have two comics. Uh, one called The Blue Wraith, which is at bluewraith.com. And the other one is called Space Base One, and that is at spacebase01.com. Excellent. So everybody go check that out and uh, and stay tuned for, for all the content from uh, Pittsburgh Comic Con coming right. up here on, on, on both our sites. What do you said? Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, Rob, anything? Uh, what are you working on uh, you want people to check out? Or, or is, everybody uh, hu- is everything hush-hush? Uh, well, I, I, can be, I can be a little reveal. I don't know if I mentioned you guys. There's a project I'm working on uh, for the pens. Whoa! Hey. Um, and uh, let's just say that uh, a couple feet below me in my downstairs studio, I may have the first uh, the the stick, puck, and gloves from the first goal scored at Console Energy Center. Oh, I knew that. Right, and there's more. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Mario Lemieux press pass from uh, the first appearance at the Console Energy Center. The uh, glass bottle that he poured the water from the igloo onto the ice of the Council Energy Center. I've got that, too. And where is it that you're working so people can come by and steal? I mean, uh, check out the wonderful products. <laughs> Screw that. Uh, I'm on my way now. Nowhere! But uh, eventually, <laughs> this is going to be uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be heading over to the Council Energy Center and uh, setting this stuff up so lovely people can uh, check it out. I'm on my way there now. All right. Um, excellent. Excellent. No, I'm kidding. That sounds really cool, Rob. Yeah, yeah. You've really, you've really upgraded your lot in life, sir. You have. Good to see. You're traveling. Yeah. You're, you're, you're around wonderful memorabilia. You're uh, buying you know, pillows on the internet. Buying pillows on the internet. You have such wonderful <laughs> backdrops when we call you on Skype for the show every week. Um, when, when we can call you on Skype for the show. Um, fantastic. Yeah. Chachi, what up? What's going on? Uh, you know, they have the normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. Chachi says dot not. Yeah, I've slowed down the gaming a bit though. You did, I noticed. Um, I was worried about you. Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I. It's just if I, I can't fly through this. You're, you're gonna burn out. Right. Okay. Um, I'm I'm on thirty seven. You need some alternative content. It's not gaming. Just to fill in those blanks. Actually, I just need to blog less. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that's the part that's draining me. I can play video games. Okay. It's just that being on a schedule, mm-hmm. like it was, mm-hmm. it, it was just getting to me. Yeah, that's like, my... Pro- it was more of a, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. Not a, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do this. It's a lot easier, So I'm just taking know? it slower. Yeah. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. But other than that, I'm awesome. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> so, what do you got going on? Oh God, what don't I got going exactly. on? Big changes. Uh, I'll, I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can announce some projects being released by the end of the month here. Uh, if if uh, if the next two weeks don't kill me first, right. uh, so there's that going on, um, and and some other really cool projects. Hey, baristas just finished their first season. That yeah. uh, three three of us here had a hand in in some fashion. Yeah. So uh, go check that out. This is the perfect time. I always I always enjoyed like, especially with web series like The Guild. I always watch The Guild like when it gets on Netflix and I can watch it straight through. Right. You know. So go sit with your Roku box or whatever and get on Blip TV. Uh, go to thebaristas.com and just watch the 11 episodes. I think it's, I mean, it may be just like an hour, hour and a half of content. And yeah, it's just like so. sitting down watching a little movie and it's pretty cool. Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm scared for the future of baristas. Oh yeah. Did you see that last I, episode? I did. Um, yeah. And, uh, there's some really interesting stuff coming up, uh, yeah, that, that I'm hearing rumblings about. I'm scared. That, uh, hopefully will be, uh, there, there, there might be a little bit of content between seasons here. Um, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, check out everything else, sorgatronmedia.com. Um, and, uh, they, all the, all the cool stuff will come out there. there According to Chillo, um, we might not make it till next episode. April 22nd at 8.11 p.m. Oh, wait, is that from the movie? Yeah. Oh, Sky, Skynet, yeah. Skynet is going live in two days. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so. Should we have a, like a holiday for that or something? I kind of hope they do because that way I can get out of my student loans. Hey, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can share that. So, uh, yeah, you, you want to tell the folks how we oh, yeah, can hey, contact them? Hit us up. Contact at awesomecast.com or you can hit us on the handy dandy phone number at 724-25-ACAST. 724-252-2278. On your phone dealy thingy. Yeah. Right here. Um, so for, for, uh, for, for Chachi, Dan, and Rob, uh, thank you to our awesome chat room. We've been rolling all night. Uh, you've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. It's messed up. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Later. That's going after the show.